Welcome to the Random Tea Agent Carter podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're talking about the season one finale, episode eight, Valediction. Yay. I want to call it Valedictorian. I know. It's, it's insane. Um, it was directed by Christopher Maisano, who is the brother of the previous director from Snafu. Um, he's done a crap ton of TV, including his brother did eight episodes or eight or six or eight episodes or five or something. A low number of episodes for West Wing. Um, Christopher Maisano did 35. Oh, I see. Um, and one episode of Studio 60. So he is officially one of my Sorkin babies. Sure. Um, and it was written by two women. It was written by uh, Michelle uh, Fezakas, who wrote on Resurrection, a couple of, couple of TV things, um, including Dollhouse. I love Dollhouse. She, oh, that makes sense. She is also credited as the showrunner for Agent Carter Season 1. Well, good. Usually they, I mean, it's hard to find a showrunner credit, but she was credited as the showrunner. Good. Um, so she was the one on the ground, day-to-day, on set. Isn't she the one that's been uh, taken to write the new Captain Marvel books? Comics? Uh, could be. I think so, because I, w- I remember reading somewhere that it was uh, a, a woman from, one Agent of the writers Carter. from Agent Carter that okay. was hired to write the new uh, Marvel, Captain Marvel comics. Okay, yeah. Cause, and the screenwriter that did Guardians is the one that's doing this the um uh the captain marvel so far they're screenwriting from what i understand so I there's so. they're bringing in more lady writers into marvel good. And that's great good um and also it was co-written by uh tara butters who has a very i know you butters butters <laughs> uh who has a very similar resume to michelle's they've worked with each other a lot so i thought that was really great good so yeah they did a bang up job that's very interesting this is a very exciting episode yes it was uh lots of stuff so much happened. Yes. Howard happened. Howard. <laughs> Howard happened. Bet you seen the last. Uh, bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. No, no. Uh, Dominic Cooper, man. So do you have anything before we go into the recap? No. Okay. Uh, so we start off with the Captain America radio show. Oh my God. I thought we were done with the shit. Which I thought this was interesting and I didn't catch it until my rewatch for the podcast. Okay. And I've seen these probably four times the whole way through um, because I watched them a couple times this summer when I was sick at home. Um, so, you know, you got eight, eight episodes of Agent Carter. Um, what I thought was interesting is they make mention of Captain America downing his plane in the Sea of Japan. Yep. Um, which we all know that's not true. In case the casual viewer doesn't know what's going on. Right. So I thought that was interesting that even then they were planning false information about where Captain America ended up. Yep. Because we know that Stark recovered the Tesseract. Yes. Um, but he was dredging the, um, you know, the seafloor to try to find Steve. And also the plane, that was a big fucking airship. Of Hydra's. Fuck yeah, so that was. was a lot of technology that I'm sure they didn't want in wrong hands. So I thought it was interesting that even in... Which is a common theme in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. So even in this stupid radio show, there it's misinformation. It's propaganda. Yeah. Well, I, the, the, the man on the street don't doesn't seem to i don't know if they don't realize it or if they just don't want to accept how much propaganda goes into the news and in the media yeah there's so much propaganda it's what they want you to hear well i mean that's what steve was designed for i mean not originally but when he became captain america yeah that was all for war bonds and so i I thought that was really interesting 
Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, you don't realize. Because we always, like, you always hear people talking about the Nazi propaganda. Yes. We had propaganda, too. Fuck yeah, we and still do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so yeah, that was that was interesting. But, and yeah, we get we get one more. Um, media spin. Yeah, we get one more little bit of the of the Captain America radio show and, and Betty Carver. I love you, Captain America. You know, and it's just like, oh, See, my gosh. See, that should have been Angie. It should have been Angie. Should've she would have done a better job. She would have nailed that shit. Yep. Actually, she would have looked at it, through the script, and walked out the door. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so we go, to, uh, we go to the movie theater that we ended with in the previous episode, and the police have called in the SSR. As you do. Um, and so Peggy and uh, Thompson and Sousa go, um, and they talk to the detective in charge. And um, there were absolutely no survivors, and it looks like they um, – uh, is he says it looks like a monster tore these people apart. And so they look at the bodies and the detective makes the point of saying like, I bet you guys see this kind of stuff all the time being feds. And they're like, no, yeah, no, we don't. Well, uh, 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 and Carter's looking at the bodies and the wounds and you can see the bite marks and, and, and they're skinning under people's fingernails and yeah. they're, you know, it's just, it's carnage. Yeah. And you know, she talks about how they, there was no monster. Yeah. Um, and all I can, and I'm watching in the round Kingsman. rewatch. No, 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 no. Zombie. Oh, zombie. Much zombie. Much I was zombie. like, zombies. <laughs> um, because. My brain goes to weird places. I know. It's okay though. Uh, cause they're like, okay, so these guys killed each other. And so Sousa, um, bends down and he, he starts investigating the gas canister. Now, now, now what Sousa does he sees the baby carriage turned over and he, and goes he right for rushes it. Yeah. for it. He is, he was rushing to find the baby. Yeah. Bless Seuss his little, is a good guy. Bless his little heart. Yeah. I was like, oh, but there's no baby. It's okay. Because everybody, not the baby. Yeah, not the baby. Exactly. And so um, he, for his trouble, he gets a shot of gas in his face. And Thompson comes over and Sousa goes ape shit. And He's always wanted to. Come on. And starts to try to kill him. And uh, Peggy pulls him off. Um, but he does get a shot in at her. And they end up like, they have to club him to get him like knocked out. Yeah. Sousa like, ain't no lightweight. I mean, he no. may have a bum leg, but yeah. he was he's, something. And he's a trained agent. He was he was in the armed services. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we go to Dottie and Ivchenko, and they're driving, and Ivchenko um, talks about the city and how impressive it is, and Dottie's like, it's like yeah, any other. And he's like, no, really, this, this is, this is an impressive, it's, it's like no other place, and she's like, yeah, won't it be great to tear it down? So Dottie's all about the mission. <laughs> in the episode in which I'm Dottie? Yeah. <laughs> Gives no fucks. And so this is when um, an officer pulls them over. And Dottie's going to shoot him, but Ivchenko's like, let's maybe not draw more attention to ourselves. Yeah, let's think this through. And so she, she, he comes over and she pulls out the, oh, gee, mister. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Okay. You have an issue with the fact that it's a black cop, correct? I do. I do. Yeah. In the 40s. Yeah. I, I hate that I have an issue with it, but they've gone so to such great lengths for great lengths. Yeah. To, to do the whole sexism. Yeah. And yet they're going to have a black police officer. Like it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. 
um and i might as well get it out of the way now um later in the episode there's a uh, shot of a street scene Mm -hmm. where people are just milling around on the street and there is a couple where it's a white woman and a black man walking arm in arm down the street really yes i did not notice that i might have to go back and look at it but it wow it startled me i was like quite rare what when they were it was the scene where they're um they're like it's the later in the episode. Yeah. But yeah, I could swear. Well, in not, the 40s, that would not have happened. Not to spoil anything for season two, but there will be a uh, a new character who is a black man. Sure. In Agent Two. In Agent Two. Agent Two? All right. In season two. So I'm hoping. That would they, be Nick Fury. Yeah. Baby Nick Fury. I'm hoping they deal with that. Because you're right, we've we've hit the feminism. We've hit the. I mean, there, I mean, I'd there have was to go a back and rewatch it, but you would not have a black man touching Mm-mm. a white woman in the 1940s no. in New York City. No. It would not happen. Yeah. So, and and I think them ignoring that from a Be, race standpoint, but only because they've pushed the sexist issue. Right. Right. So. Show how shitty we were in other aspects in the forties. Exactly. 40s. Yeah. So I, I have a hard time when he walked up and I saw it was a black man. I was like, okay, yay for black men getting work. I'm all for that. Yeah. But yeah, I was not. It just bugged, bugged me. It yeah. Hurt my stomach. Because that, that's a good that's a good um, avenue for them to talk about stuff like this. Because this sure. has been a, this has been a great way to get feminism talked about again in a way that. But I don't think racism should be overlooked. No. To just for the sake of feminism. Yeah. I don't. Th- that's, exactly. That's should, a good point. It's humanitism. Yeah. There you Huma- go. Humani- humanityism. <laughs> We're all human. Not being that's what a I'm shit. trying to say. Yes. Don't be a shit. Don't be a shit. Kids, um, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't try this at home. <laughs> don't try to talk. It doesn't work. I'm failing miserably. Anyway, yeah, I had, a, I had an issue with that. Okay. I think I feel it was very inconsistent. Yeah. For this show. With the as universe. well as good as they did yeah. with everything else in the sexism point of view, why ignore the racist point of view? Yeah. Because it was real. Yeah. And that's one of the things that you when you when you see period pieces, uh, so people are so worried about being PC. Yeah. But then you're erasing the history. Yeah. It was real. It happened. It was shitty. We need to acknowledge how shitty it but was. But show yeah, it was yeah. shitty. But yeah, don't just a, erase it. There's it a difference between glorifying how it was and showing how shitty it was. And showing how shitty it was. Exactly. Yeah. So. Because I went and saw uh, just, it was uh, over, just over a year ago, went and saw Gone with the Wind for the first time. My God, that was a shitty movie. Yeah. Because I just was like, oh, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. It, oh they God, were caricatures. Oh yes. They were caricatures of what white people thought black people were back then oh my god and it was shitty it's so skeezy it makes you feel dirty watching it yeah i did not yeah. enjoy it but my mom yeah. enjoyed it so i took her to see it so so yeah so that was that was interesting um so i hope i hope we get that that conversation next it, season yeah it bothers me so um but Dottie's able to talk her way out of a ticket um and i just i love watching her flip that switch oh she's so good with it yeah and like it's like when he mentions the traffic light she ran and she she She's looks like, back I and did I'm so sorry and so um he's gonna let her go with a warning but as he's going back to his car he hears a radio alert about her car uh-uh. and he turns around and Dottie is there aiming a gun at him as yes, like, you do yeah row and so um we go to Sousa and he wakes up in a hospital room and he's he's tied to the bed. 
He's got restraints. A lot. Um, but Peggy's there and she's like, well, you want nuts. And he has this coughing fit. Um, but she tells him what happened. And um, Seuss is like, because uh, she was like, you tried to kill Thompson. He's like, I wanted to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so he remembers. Yes. He remembers the feeling he got. Um, and so uh, it was so funny because she's like, how do you feel now? And he's like, well, I still want to kill Thompson, but just the usual amount. No more than usual. <laughs> so I was like, that was nice. Okay. So I wanted to, I was noticing that it was Peggy that was in the room with Sousa when he woke up. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Nobody else. Um, and for some reason, I'm trying to remember if this is something we discussed when we first saw this episode, because for some reason I was thinking it was addressed in the episode mm-hmm. that Peggy, it was important for Peggy to be the first person for Sousa to see. Okay. That it was her, yeah. specifically. But they never did address it in the episode, so I don't know if it's something we discussed at the time or I dreamed it. I think we might have talked about it, but yeah, it wasn't It wasn't in the episode. Because it wasn't a nurse. It yeah. wasn't, um, you know, some random doctor or anything. It was, Pe- and I think it was important for him to wake up to Peggy's, why was she the one in the room Yeah, with him? Um, it would, the most calm, less less of a threat. Maybe. Uh you know make him less aggressive yeah possibly because he does apologize for hitting her he does he's i'm so sorry and she's like it's fine he's completely outraged with himself for it yeah Uh, because you're not supposed to hit girls i guess (sighs) whatever but i do think that it wasn't because he would perceive her as less of a threat than say if thompson was in there yeah because they didn't know how long this thing was gonna last no they had no clue um and so they go they go back out to the ssr and um thompson's briefing everybody and it turns out Ivchenko took 10 canisters of this gas. And um, I'm guessing because the scientists had no clue. Uh, 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 all they could do was uh, catalog Jarvis it. Jarvis had no idea. Yeah. So they must have had files on it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Peggy's like, he has a target. This isn't going to be random. And this is when Howard shows up. Surprise, not just, bitch. <laughs> not just Howard, but snarky Howard. Yes. And... <laughs> I love this so much because as soon as the SSR agents see Howard, they all point their guns except for Peggy. And they're like, hands up, hands up. And Jarvis throws his hands up (laughs) so high. Sorry, my dogs got excited. Um, So, yeah, Jarvis's hands are up in the air and he keeps them up there. And it's, Bless his heart. He, they're like he jammed panicked. up against his head. He panicked. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Would somebody please hug Jarvis at the end of all this? Howard needed to hug him. He deserves oh, a hug. Oh, wait. So, yeah. Uh, so, I thought that was great. Um, and so, it turns out that um, Stark says that uh, Avchenko is after him. And so... Um, he fully believes that he's after him. He fully believes him. it. And so, Thompson, of course, arrests Howard. Um, he wants to know what's going on. And so um, Stark has this, has all this documentation on the gas. It's called Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. And um, Peggy is the first one to be like, Howard, you dumb shit. Why would you have created something like this? And he was like, this is not what it was meant to be. Not what he meant to. Um, he was supposed to, uh, they, it was supposed to be a way to keep soldiers up for days on end during battle. Right. And um, instead it causes psychosis similar to sleep deprivation only amped up. It causes aggression. It causes all this other horrible stuff. And um, and so they're like, why did you use it? And he's like, I didn't. General McGinnis took it from his lab and dropped it on the Russians at Finau to help their allies. 
and they ended up just massacring each other. Well, um, and there's also the side of asphyxiation. Yes, um, which they figure, um, Peggy figures that the um, uh, laryngotomy scars that they found on. So glad you said it. <laughs> that they found on uh, Leet Branis and Green Suit. Because I just said laryngectomy. Yeah. Um, they think they think that um, that procedure was performed on them because they were they were um, going through the symptoms of asphyxiation, and so that saved them. But that sacrificed their voice box. Well, I'm just glad that they used the continuity in the explanation because I cannot. Because we stand never the plot got that hole. explanation, so right. I thought that was great. Finally, um, and so it turns out that um, Ivchenko is not Ivchenko; he is Johan Fenhoff. And he is a Russian psychiatrist specializing in hypnosis. And so um, they figure that that's how he got Dooley to help him. And um, so Stark... Is and there's, there's a moment for Dooley. There's a moment for Dooley. And Stark's like, I want to be your bait. Because he wants me. And that's why me. he's here. He wants me. And so Tomkin's like, okay. And so they're going to they're gonna have a press conference. Mostly just because Howard likes hearing how awesome he is. That's the only... Was it he says it's the only way he does things. So it's like in... Uh, what was it? Avengers? Where uh, Tony's doing his monologue about Loki. Mm-hmm. And he goes on and on. He wants to be... Something to be big, to be showy, like me. Yeah. Yeah. Like father, like son. Yeah. Well, Tony loves him a press conference, too, uh, as we he see does. in Iron Man 1. He does. Have a seat. So, uh, so this is when we see... Um, Dottie driving Ivchenko or Fenhoff or whatever the fuck you want to call him to um, this uh, air this airfield hangar, and um, she comes out of the car and the the mechanic has a gun. Yeah, he's pr- I mean he and he immediately is like this is off limits. Um, he has you know his hand on his gun and so Dottie pulls the we're lost, Mister. And um, we see um, <laughs> while she's dealing with the with um, yeah, because you're looking through the dash of the car. You're looking through the dash, and so we um, pan away and we see uh, we see the radio. And Avchenko hears the broadcast talking about um, Howard's back and how it's you know he's a hero and there's going to be this press conference. And um, so the only thing we see is we see um, Dottie shoot him. We don't see any, we don't see we, him fall uh, or anything. It's a she, very. She kicks him. We see him. She yeah, kicked him. She kicks yeah. him and I, presumably she, him she gets him down on the ground and then we hear a gunshot. Um, so Dottie comes back to the car and Ivchenko's like, we've got a change of plans. And she's like, what changed in like. I'd since I got out of the car. And he was like, yes. So they're going back yes, to New York. good. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Howard it wants to get ready for his adoring public. Of course he does. He wants uh he wants some pe- some powder from Peggy to cut down on the shine. Oh, of course, yeah. And Peggy's like, sure. have a vest instead. Yeah. And what the hell are you doing? Yeah. He's like, oh, what is this? And um, this is junk. And um, he takes Peggy to the lab and it, he grabs one of his own inventions. Sure. Um, it can stop a fifty caliber bullet. Da 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 da. And um, so Peggy's like, why are you doing this? You're, you're risking your life, which, is, let's face it, is not Howard's M.O. No. Um, generally. And um, so Howard's like, it's the only way to lure Ivchenko out because he is after me. And it's a way to get him to out in the open before they release the gas. And um, he says that he's trying to redeem himself, especially after their last conversation where Peggy just tore into him for lying to her about the blood. And, um, cause she wasn't wrong. She wasn't wrong. 
He is very self-centered. He not is. to say that Howard's not a brave man, because, I mean, look at all the missions he flew in the war. True. But As he, a civilian. Yeah, but he is very self-serving as well. And um, so when Peggy leaves, um, Stark grabs the the cylinder with Steve's blood in it. Yeah, the button. Yeah. And so uh, he, grabs, he grabs the vest and that. And so I thought that was interesting. So I, I, I was watching this scene in my rewatch last night. And seeing Howard and Peggy argue, it's like you can almost see the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. The two of them arguing about a mission. Yeah. You know, or yeah. about plans for something. And I'm like, that's that's it. That's S.H.I.E.L.D. right there. Yeah. And Jarvis brings um, them tea. <laughs> so much tea. But, uh, you know, I, I, we probably won't, I don't know if we'll see it or not in this show. Yeah. Now that we've been getting, a, been given season two, I have more hope for it. But to see them start the shield yeah the the <laughs> i know the walking into the the area the shield base the first shield base and them yeah you know creating like that could be a series finale scene, yeah oh, you know yeah. that would be awesome their first building or, or hell we could just have the beginning of shield and, and agent carter and just go with that for a while That'd yeah be awesome i'd be okay with that we know she stayed with shield a good damn long time she did because yeah because we saw that in Ant-Man. She was mm-hmm. with S.H.I.E.L.D. at least in the late 80s. Yeah, probably till she quote-unquote retired. Because I don't know that Peggy would ever have retired. Yeah. So um, so this is when we see Thompson um, giving a press conference. Oh, bless his heart. And he declares Howard's innocence. And Howard keeps feeding him uh, lovely things to say about himself. And um, there are agents throughout the crowd, and they're looking. They're looking up at all the vantage points that could be used to, to take a shot at Howard. And um, so this is when the, uh, a shot gets fired. And so Which Jarvis is exactly what they were expecting, right? So Jarvis grabs Howard, puts him into a police car, and tells the officer to get him to the SSR headquarters. And um, this is when, as soon as the car drives off, Jarvis spots. Two policemen with bullet holes well, in their head. Well, it's hilarious in a way because Jarvis throws Howard into the into the police car. Mm-hmm. He goes to run around to get into the other side. And it's gone. And the car drives off. And you see that who's driving it is, is the, our, our other officer dude. But yeah, then he, as he, his, his poor face that he's left behind, like, what? And then he sees the other, bless his heart, the other dead cops. And he's like, it's a trap. Well, then, well like one of them slides across the wall. Thwomp. Yeah. Thwomp. And they both have gunshots in their foreheads. Yes. And so um, in the car, Jarvis. this is where um, Officer Pike is. Um, he's clearly been whammied. Of, of, of Starfleet? Yeah. Okay. No. No. Sorry. That wrong show. Admirable. Wrong show. Ad- Admiral Pike. He was captain at one point, though. He was. And so um, and this is when uh, he tells Howard that Ivchenko would like to see him. <laughs> so good job. Good plan, Howard. Good job. Awesome plan. Good job. And so um, this is when uh, Jarvis runs up to Sousa and tells him, like, that, you know, Howard's been taken. Guess what? And Plan uh, worked. Yeah. Too good. Peggy and Thompson find the place where the shot came from. And the gun was rigged up to automatically fire. It had a cool contraption on it. It was pretty sweet. And so they're, the Leviathan is long gone. And um, Peggy also notices that the gun was never aimed at Howard. It, it was aimed above the podium. Right. And so this was purely a diversion. And this is, of course, just when Susan well, calls them to tell them that Howard was gone. But she was the only one that was smart enough to actually look and see yes. where it was targeted. Yes. 
And um, this is when we we get a quick shot of Howard in the car, and he's trying to bribe this uh, this guy with a Cadillac, two Cadillacs, somebody's Money. phone number, Rosalind Russell's phone number, um, and it, he's just it falls on. Well, deaf and ears. my thought is, what good is somebody's phone number if they have no clue who you are? Yeah, like how does that even work? That's Howard logic. Just to have the number, yeah. just is that that's worth more than two Cadillacs? Apparently. Give me the fucking Cadillacs. Howard logic. I guess so. And so um, this is when they go back downstairs and Peggy tells Thompson that she's like, listen, um, he grabbed him for a reason. This is going to be bad. Yep. This is going to be bad for Howard. And so um, because he could have just killed him. They could have just easily killed them with the shotgun. They want to just destroy him. Yeah. And so Thompson's like, um, what could be worse than what we saw in the movie theater? And then this is when they figure out that that was a test. Right. he has 10 canisters of this stuff. And so um, they pass uh, several soldiers um, that are headed to Times Square because it's the VE celebration. What day is it? Yeah. And we're like, oh, shit. And that's, I think this is the scene where you see uh, the interracial couple. Okay. When they're looking around and everybody's holding their little flags, yeah. American flags. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. And... I saw it. And I'm kind of glad you brought this up because I think about it because, okay, colorblind casting is one thing because I think a great example of colorblind casting is Merlin. You've got Guinevere, who's a black woman. We've got some black knights. We do have people Mm -hmm. of color throughout that show. At least her brother was black too, though. It is completely ignored. Yeah, nobody thinks about it. Race is not brought into it. It's fine. So if you're going to do colorblind casting... There needed to be more people of color elsewhere. Thompson should have been black. So if you're or, if you're gonna have you know people in the SSR office, yeah. So if you're gonna address race by going well, you know, it wasn't historically accurate to have a lot of black people around. Then you need to address it from the other side too, right? And that's why I think this probably stuck in our craw so much because I'm all for colorblind casting. Well, I mean, if there had been a random. A uh, black SSR agent. Mm-hmm. If there had been a random um, black female phone operator, ex- that's what I was about to say. Yep. Or working. Um, or at at the Griffith. At the Griffith. Yeah. But no, we see it here. Customers of the automat. I mean, it could have been, if you know, and like you said, Thompson, Thompson, Sousa doesn't Somebody, matter. They could yeah, have been black men. One of the the main, more major characters. But yeah. no, they they stuck little extras in, in like, but the police officer that pulled him over, that was. Uh, pretty you're not gonna miss that yeah an extra walking down the street i don't think i would have noticed him mm-hmm. if it weren't for the black police officer yeah. yeah i was looking at that point yeah so so i mean i i think not to say that oh well because I, I know a lot of people hide behind well it's a period piece and there would never be i'm all for true colorblind casting like uh frankenstein's a good example the the stage production okay yeah, yeah, yeah. um uh-huh, uh-huh, his uh-huh. uh love interest is a is Naomi Harris. She's right. a black woman. Um, so colorblind casting, casting is one thing, but if you're going to go the, well, you know, it's not historically accurate route, then show the shitty side of it too. Right. So yeah, I think that just... Because they address the shitty side of the sexism. Exactly. Again, why would... So. Why, why do one and not the other? And I, I've read stuff on Tumblr about it. Um, it. It was not unnoticed by people like us. Well, because we noticed it. Exactly. So there we go. So, um, so they are going to, uh, they find the policeman's car, and um, this is when Sousa and uh, Jarvis arrive, 
and they find um, they find Officer Pike slumped over the wheel, and uh, Howard is completely gone. So, da-da-da. Notice that nobody immediately thinks that Howard's the one who killed him. Yes. They give Howard more credit than they've given Peggy. I know. So, uh, this is when we see Ivchenko driving, uh, driving while Dottie is in the back with Stark. And um, she starts to talk to him about the nice weekend they spent together. He doesn't know who he she is. He doesn't even care. And she pistol whips him. He has no fucks to give. I'm like, he just got a physical representation of his shitty womanizingness. He gets slapped, gets slapped by it. So it's I, great. I thought that was kind of nice. It's beautiful. Um, so Susan. So again, here's the sexism. Exactly. Anyway. Here's to series two showing the Point right and one. case. Um, so this is where Sousa finds a witness. Sousa's good at finding witnesses. He is, isn't he? Um, who describes uh, Dottie's car. And um, they have a report that it was heading out of town. And so um, Thompson shows back up and he's like, um, he tells them that they're not going to evacuate Times Square they from can't. the ED. They can't. Yeah, there's just too many people. And so. Um, well, they're not going to stop the celebration there's no way to evacuate. Right. And so... There's like already 100,000 people there. Yeah. So it's a perfect target. Yep, absolutely. And so the SSR confirms that they've shut down all the airports and the airfields and everything. Um, and Jarvis is like, um... Yeah, but wait. There's this second vault that you don't know about. <laughs> and Peggy gives Jarvis this Jarvis look like... Jarvis is so precious. You little shit. Why didn't you tell me? Which I will say it wasn't relevant to the first vault break-in. No. They didn't know it was. No. And so um, Jarvis thinks that maybe Avchenko might want to use um, one of Howard's private airplanes in to whatever scheme. To further implicate him. Right, right. Um, so we, we get a really quick flashback to when Stark takes Dottie to the vault at his private airfield. Um, and she's like, wow. Oh, this is yours. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Damn you, Howard, and your wandering dick. So um, so we go to Stark's hangar, and um, Dottie has uh, Stark tied up, and he still can't remember who she is. <laughs> still. You have a look. It's irrelevant. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ivchenko explains that he and his brother were at Finale when the gas was released. And he only survived because he got his hands on a gas mask. But he was forced to watch his brother and everybody else kill each other. Mm-hmm. Like eyes ripped out or yeah, something. Yeah, because this is vicious, vicious yeah. stuff. And so, Ivchenko, of course, blames Stark. Well, sure. Um, and he's like, he, I understand that you feel guilt. But, um, you know, we're not going to let that cloud our vision of a better world. And so um, Ivchenko starts hypnotizing Howard. And he's, like, telling him to focus, which we know the focus is the watchword. Uh-uh. And um, focus on the one thing that he could change if he could. And so Howard immediately gets, um, he imagines himself on an airfield next to a plane Receiving word that Steve is alive. <gasps> oh. And so this is when Peggy shows up and she's got Steve's shield. And she's like, bring him back alive. And it's all very like. <laughs> yeah. And Spoony. yeah. Yeah. So apparently the one thing Howard would change if he could change anything was not the Battle of Finau. It was Steve Rogers. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that was just so much more personal to him. Yeah. 
And so um, Peggy and Thompson and Sousa and Jarvis um, show up at the airfield just in the nick of time to see Howard take off. Goodbye. And so um, Sousa's like, he's, it's, it's not going to take him long to get there. He's going to be there in like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so um, they decide that uh, they're going to try to talk him through um, the hypnotism and get him out of it um, if they can get him on the radio. And, um, but Peggy's like, if we can't, somebody needs to fly and to shoot him down. Yep. Because. Gotta have a contingency he plan. He can't, he can't be allowed right. to and as release much as the she, gas. As much as she cares about Howard. And she, she mentions shoot him down over the water yep. if he fails, which yeah. Steve took it down over the water. Yeah. <gasps> the, the parallel kind of. Was, I was not happy with that. Yeah. That it was, uh, that the, the rest, the rest of this episode is basically a parallel to the end of Captain America, of Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, seriously, can we have a little original writing? Yeah. Because this is how the show started. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a bookend. Yeah. And it's an almost exact parallel of the Captain America scene. And it bugged me that why couldn't we have something original? Yeah. So um, it turns out that Jarvis is the only one that can fly a plane, and so no, uh, Jarvis Jarvis is going to have to shoot him down if they can't talk him down. Baby Jarvis, no. And so um, Peggy's like, "Y'all get the plane ready," and she's going to go try to find Ivchenko, thinking he's around there still somewhere. Um, and he is because Peggy finds him upstairs with Dottie, and they're talking to Stark on the radio. And um, she, well, they got to keep it going. Right, and so she has him, which is interesting that his, either his power works over the radio, which a lot of times you see people with that kind of power maybe can't manipulate it through technology, mm-hmm. um, or he just wants to continue. Well, he's reinforcing the yeah. hypnot- hypnotism. Maybe the- he, he might not have been able to do it from scratch, but he can keep it going at least. Right. Yeah, because he had him hypnotized before he started. Right. Right, so um, so Listen Peggy to the sound of my voice. <laughs> so Peggy pulls a gun on him, um, but of course Dottie Dottie disarms her, and we have a nice little fight. Nice, it's good, it's good stuff. Good stuff, yeah, yeah. I thought you'd be better, yeah. And then she throws her out a window. But the thing, the thing about Peggy though is, and we saw it in the first couple episodes. Peggy, Peggy is not. Um, I mean, she has a style of her own, but it's not like stylized like Black Widow. Peggy is just like, whatever I need to do to fucking win. Yeah, she will pick up anything in the room. And use it as Stapler, a weapon. Stapler, sure. Yeah, she's just like. That's truth. That's real fighting, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. This was, this was interesting to see the two of them. No holds bar. And so um, Jarvis is going to take off. And he's he tells Thompson, he's like, I've never shot a man before. And Thompson tells him that, listen, hopefully Peggy will get through to him. And you, you won't have to worry about it. Right. So, um, so we go back to the fight and Dottie has a knife and Peggy holds her own, but you know, she tries to go for the radio, but Dottie knocks her away. And this is when Dottie tells Ivchenko to run. And so he leaves, um, and, uh, Dottie gets, she gets her on the ground, right? And so she's saying like, she always used to be jealous of women like Peggy, um, until she realized she could be anybody she wanted to be. Because sure. she's been trained to blend into whatever environment. Absolutely. And so um, Peggy does manage to uh, kick her out through the window because they're like in the upstairs office and kicks her down to the yeah. the, f- the hangar it's floor a, below. It's, it's a radio room. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she falls a couple stories down below. 
Um, Onto the wing of a plane. I think so, yeah. And so uh, Peggy yells out that, you know, um, to, to Thompson and Susan, who are still there, that Ivchenko has escaped. But she she gets straight onto the radio and starts trying to talk to Howard. Yep. Um, but he tells her, like, he's no, he's he's, he's going to get Steve. He's going to go rescue um, Steve he Rogers. Is so far gone. And so um, Sousa and um, and uh, Thompson, they split up. They're going to search the hangar for Ivchenko. I know, splitting Never up is split bad. Up. And um, Ivchenko gets uh, Thompson knocked out, like, immediately. <laughs> and so Sousa shows up, and he tells Ivchenko to, sur- to surrender, but... The um he starts talking to him. Of course, well, they, he starts. yeah they they do mention don't let him talk. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, you're not going to shoot me because you know I'm unarmed and and you're too good for that. And Susa advances blah, blah. on him and he hesitates. And um, well, he's he's trying to convince him to kill Thompson. Yes, because he's like, I can help you, um, help him overcome the pain of being half a man because of his injury. Da, da, da. And you're like, ooh, I don't like this no. at all. And so we go back to Peggy and Howard uh, talking, and Howard's like, um, Avchenko showed me how to bring Steve back. Mm-hmm. And so he, this is this delusion is, of course, it's very attractive. Because Avchenko doesn't give you shitty visions. No. He gives you what you want. Right. So you want to give in to it. And so he, he keeps trying to hypnotize Sousa. Um, you know, saying that he knows how Sousa feels about Peggy. And he can, he can get Peggy for him. You know, he can convince Peggy to love him. And we see Sousa look like he's falling into a trance. And this is when he's like, um, shoot, Thompson. And who's uh, who's now waking up. And so, uh, but this is where we see um, Sousa instead knock Ivchenko out. Um, and he he's completely unconscious. And he we find out he was wearing earplugs. And Somebody I was like, yeah. finally got smart. I was like, yeah. So that and was great. Used earplugs. I was like, finally. I know. I mean, what the fuck? So um, so this is when we go back to Howard talking to Peggy. See, okay, so it's at this point that earplugs become SSR issue. Yes, they okay. should be. They should be. Okay. Um, so Howard, um, he's like, I'm I'm done talking to you. And um, this is when Jarvis gets there in his plane. Um. And he has Howard in his sights, so he's ready to shoot him down if he needs to. And but now we all know this is not how Howard dies. Of course, so that's a, that's an excellent, excellent you, point. We all know that he actually dies because because Tony's not born yet. Yeah, Tony's not born yet. We have not mer- met Maria Stark, so Howard can't die, right? Yes, right. Yes, that was my comfort. Um, and so because we've seen Howard in uh, most prominently in Iron Man two, right, in nineteen seventy four. Yes. So that is after 1946. <laughs> many, 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 many years from now. So, um, so of course, time is running out, and it's all very dramatic. That's very dramatic. Peggy's, and um, Peggy's in tears on the 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 yes the the radio radio. And so, of course, Jarvis is taking his orders from Peggy. He's like, "Should I take the shot?" And Peggy tells him to wait. Um, she says, "I'll I'll tell you if you have to." And um, Howard's like, "I can see Steve ahead," and she's like, "Listen." Um, or he starts talking about Project Rebirth was the one good thing he did. The one good thing he's done. And Peggy starts talking to him about Steve, and she's like, we both loved him. Mm-hmm. And we both have to let him go. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a minute, and Howard asks Peggy if Steve was good before he got hold of him. And she said, yeah, he was. He absolutely he was. He was. was a good yep. man. And that's what snaps 
Howard out of it. And um, so Peggy goes down to the hangar floor now that the moment of danger has passed. And Dottie's gone, which is great because I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can see more Dottie. Now, I do want to say that during that scene when Peggy's going back and forth talking to Jarvis and talking to Howard, Mm -hmm. there's, there's the three of them are engaged in that scene. I don't know who I felt more for, Howard or Peggy or Jarvis. I know, because it's all it's all so much ouchy. Damn you, Marvel. I know. Damn you to hell. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so I, I was happy though that Dottie survived because this is just what she's way too much I fun. And I so want her to come back. I know, I do too. And so Sousa and Thompson um have Ivchenko uh taken away and he now has sporting a gag because they ain't <laughs> yeah, dumb. <laughs> they ain't dumb. And so uh Because Sousa got smart. Yeah. And so I know Howard, that was Seuss's idea. <laughs> Howard lands the plane and he um he starts grousing about how Jarvis was uh, going to shoot him down, you know, in a no, in of pure, course I wouldn't want you to shoot me down. In pure Howard Stark uh, you know, sass tradition. But he does thank Peggy for now, stopping. Now wait, him. you keeps going on and on about wanting somebody to hug Jarvis? Yes. I want you to know, Har- Howard hugs Jarvis. I know. He it got was his good. he got his hug. It was good. Okay. Um, but she says, uh, Peggy makes a point of saying that Dottie escaped, um, and she's going to, uh, I'm sure she's going to turn up again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want her to. So, yeah. So, this is when, uh, the next day, Peggy comes back to the SSR, and she gets all, everybody in the office applauds her. And I'm just like, my heart grew like three sizes. (laughs) I was like the Grinch at Christmas. And but they, the, it, but it, at the same time, it killed me because they started with the slow clap. Yeah. Like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but she gets the, the, the applause. She, she gets some recognition for Yay. what she did. And then right away, they shit on, shit on that. Um, or in a minute. But um, Thompson and Sousa want to know if she's going to stay with the SSR. And uh, <laughs> I just came in for my paycheck. Peggy's like, I, I just need my money. Uh, Give me my money, bitch. But this is when a senator, um, Walt Cooper, arrives, um, and he congratulates Thompson on stopping Avchenko. Mm-hmm. And Thompson's like, he completely goes for it, and he's like, well, you know, I only did what needed to be done. And doesn't talk about Peggy at all. Well, he talks about his team. His team. His team. And um, they go back into... Well, doesn't um, she want to be just one of the team? Whatever. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. So they go back into um, Dooley's office and um, Sousa and Peggy are left there. And Sousa's like, listen, I'm going to go tell him and the president about what you did. And Peggy's like, it's okay. Don't do it. Which she stopped him in the first episode. Yep. From standing up for her. And she's like, you know, it's okay because I don't need anybody else's approval. I know what I did. I know my worth. And that line spawned an entire movement among Peggy Carter fans. Yep. I know my worth or I know my self-worth and yep. it just it's incredible. Yeah. What this show has done for women. Oh, it's is great. just I love it. It's so beautiful. See, Marvel, you need a a woman mm-hmm. lead movie Lady. well before 2020. Yep. God. And so uh Susa does finally get the courage to ask her out for a drink. But Peggy's like, I have to meet a friend. But she does it in a nice way. Angie. Angie. And I think she I think she says, like, they'll do it later or something. A rain check or yeah. something, yeah. And so Sousa um, 
turns away and then Peggy looks at him and gives him a smile and I'm like, yeah, you gonna marry him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so later, um, <laughs> I love this. Um, Jarvis takes Peggy and Angie on a tour of one of Howard's penthouses. And it turns out that Howard has offered them um, the penthouse to stay uh, after all the trouble and everything. Because well, we sure know the Griffin. I'm sure I'm sure um, Peggy is not welcome at the Griffith anymore um, because, you know, the whole she allowed men of to course. come up above the first floor. Oh, and dear. so um, well, on the whole, you know, SSR had to. Yeah. Yeah. And so Angie wants to go call her mom and tell her that you know and she's like there's a phone in every room and angie's just like uh, so happy i love it she's so happy and um so peggy talks to jarvis and she's like are you are you happy back back to your normal life and um he's like yes but if you need me again you can call upon me absolutely and i'm like "Eh." they're leaving it open and so um they left it open and yet closed it at the same time. Yeah, it they was finished. The, they finished the story, but yet they left it open for, to do more, depending on how it was received and how the ratings were. And so Peggy wants to know where Howard is, and Jarvis is like, "Well, he's he's talking with the SSR to get his technology back. Basically, he's he's negotiating." And but do you think Jarvis is telling the truth? Jarvis has covered for Howard so many times. I think he's past covering with Peggy. Oh, okay. I think okay. so. All right. But Jarvis does hand over the sample of Steve's blood that Howard took from the lab. Mm. Um, so I'm glad they, they closed that up. And he um, he says that um, Howard isn't really sure what happened to it. Um, but he says that he may owe Stark, but Stark doesn't own him. And so he trusts Peggy to make the decision. To do the right thing with it. Right. And so later we see um, we see Peggy go to the Brooklyn Bridge. She takes out the vial, and we hear um, what was the song? I don't know. Um, I can't remember. Old scratch. someone to watch over me, right? Um, we hear that song, and she takes she takes the blood and she pours it out, and um, she says goodbye to Steve, and she's crying. She says goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, my darling. <laughs> I'm so sad. But yet also closure. Closure, yeah. Um, so but our final scene is not that. No. Our final there's scene. There's a post credit scene. There's a post credit scene and it left me like screeching. Um Ivchenko is taken to prison. <laughs> He's like cannibalized. He's got man. this Hannibal Lecter kind of like <laughs> thing on. And it's um beautiful. it turns out that he is not alone. He has a cellmate. Zola, oh you hear his voice and I was like, oh, before you see it. him because I was expecting something big. Yeah, at the end of this. Yeah, um, and they 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 gave us Zola. They delivered. And, they didn't um, just deliver. They gave us Zola. And so we, uh, he tells Ivchenko that he's like, you know, just because your vision was destroyed doesn't mean that you can't find another one. And he gives Ivchenko pen and paper because obviously he can't talk. And he's like, I know about your work and, I, you know, we can collaborate. Because at this point, Zola's still in prison. Um, and Ivchenko hesitates and Zola points out that he's like, we're in an American prison, though. Mm-hmm. And America's the land of opportunity. Yes. And that's how we end our season. Yeah, yeah Zola, because uh, Hydra. Yeah. Cause... Because at this point, this is post-Winter Soldier. So we know that Zola goes on to work with the SSR, work with Shield, right. and grow Hydra within Shield. Yes. 
So I'm just so like, this is this is the end. Yeah, this is Zola's end here. Yeah, and you know that seeing this, y'all, you're just Hydra, Hydra, because Shield doesn't even exist yet. Right, but it's going to. Yep, and Hydra's going to be right there. Yep. It's beautiful, man. So yeah, it's beautiful. I thought it was a very was very, very strong season. I was very pleased. So yeah, and I immediately wanted more. Oh, I know. We'll get more. Yeah, Jan- uh, January nineteenth. Just a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so we'll have a preview cast, which we'll talk about any of the promos that have come out, any of the casting news. Um, if you consider that spoilery. Don't listen to the cast. Don't listen to the cast. Um, but we do want to, I do want to remind you that um, uh, now is the perfect time to start sending us Agent Carter feedback because we'll be live. Yes. And, you know, if you've got theories or if you didn't like how they do any of the new, um, you know, any of the new season let us know. Yeah, because it's going to air on Mondays. Yep. And we'll record on Wednesdays. No, it's going to air on Tuesdays. It's airing on Tuesdays. We'll In be place recording. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. And we'll record on Wednesdays. Yes. So it's a very short window. But you can uh, send us your feedback at randomtpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at randomtcast. Or on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Yeah, absolutely. Or you and can just go to randomtpodcast.com and get all that. Yep. That's where we are. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else? Did we pimp off our pimping? Uh, we did not. Did we talk about our sponsor? I don't think we talked about I our sponsor. I don't think we talked about our sponsor. Let's talk about our sponsor. Shall we talk about our sponsor? Unofficial Natural Phantom Fragrances. Guys, you, you really need to check this out. There's a link uh, to their Etsy shop on our website in our show notes. Uh, if you use our code RANDOMTCAST, no S, you get 10% off $5 or more. And, man, we talk about this stuff all the time because we love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for the Marvel line. I have like 15 bottles or more. I have so many lined up on my bathroom counter. It's it's a joke. Because uh, I've got, let's see, I've got Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I've got Sleeping Beauty. Um, I've got the Team Free Will mm-hmm. from Supernatural. Uh, Sherlock. Moriarty. Uh, what else? Uh, the Hermione. Mm-hmm. The limited edition Hermione and the Yule White Ball Walker. And the White Walker. Yes. Uh, there's, they also have Jon Snow. Yes. So, uh, even though the limited editions are, well, gone. Is that to help you with knowing nothing? Yes. Actually, I think it's for muscle strength or oh, something. But it or would. muscle health. It'd be great if it was memory boost or something. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're usually pretty, because the Sleeping Beauty is to wake you up. Yeah, I think it's, that's it's great. It's a very citrusy based. That's great. Uh, so, that's pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, I love them. So, yeah, do check them out. They're great. For um, if somebody's in a fandom that you're not familiar with, they're really cool gifts. Very unique. Um, especially if you don't know anything about, like if you're like, I don't know about Doctor Who. Yes. Um, and they're made with uh, all natural essential oils, so don't worry about allergies. Yep. Um, unless, you know, that's what you're allergic to. But the, all the ingredients, are each of them have a story. Yeah. You just go to the website, check them out, see what's in them. And they all have benefits. And if you want something custom... They can they do that. They will do a custom blend. And if you don't want to commit to it, they start at like $4, so it's not a huge commitment. <laughs> um, but you can get a sample. And it's a nice sample. It's not just sprayed on paper. Yeah. It's a it's a little tiny little bottle for like 70 cents, less than a dollar. Yeah. So it's so. they're good stuff. So We love it. Do check them out. We Like we said, we have a link to them um, on our homepage and on the show notes for this episode. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Check them out. They're great. And when you're done checking them out, you can send us an email. It'd Absolutely. Please. Yeah. Tell us about it. If you ever, if you ever order any, tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. We'd love to hear about that. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
I'm excited about Ag- uh, Agent 2. I keep doing that. Agent 2. Season 2 of Agent Carter. Absolutely. I hope it's going to be great. Yeah. Can't wait soon. Yay. So, yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.